Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the pandemic and beyond. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael Carice. Each year, 60 to 70 million Americans are diagnosed with a digestive disorder, and many more than that go undiagnosed. To help meet the need for care, our guest today, Jeff Glick, co-founded Salvo, described as a medical clinic and an app to provide specialty care for people suffering with chronic GI conditions, such as IBS, GERD, and celiac. But there's a larger mission at hand as well, and that is to improve access to specialty care for many other chronic conditions and to develop a new model for healthcare delivery. Jeff is a longtime tech executive with more than 20 years experience in startups and growth companies, including a couple that you just might have heard of called Travelocity and Foursquare. And Jeff, thanks very much for being with us today. Thanks, Michael. Glad to be here. So we always like to start first with uh, learning more about our guests. And in your case, what first got you interested in tech and being a tech entrepreneur? I've been a tech entrepreneur or executive for over 20 years now. I started my first e-commerce company back in 1999. It was a last-minute travel company inspired by a problem my friends and I had organizing a trip for 10 to go see Jazz Fest in New Orleans. And we thought there should be an easier way to buy a last-minute trip to someplace fun. We created Site 59 grew to $100 million in sales, and and Travelocity acquired it. And that's how I ran marketing for Travelocity for seven years and launched the roaming gnome and all that. But that was my start. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, I, I love entrepreneurship and I love solving problems. We can talk about how I came to Salvo, but but I think entrepreneurship is best when you have a deep passion and mission for the cause, um, and you bring together experts from different disciplines. And in my case, a knack for working with scientists and technologists and consumer designers to try to solve things that make people's lives easier. So do you see your role as kind of a bridge or some people talk about it as being a translator between different sorts of people, different sorts of brains? Absolutely. As a founder or CEO, my role I sometimes describe as integrator. But that's very much about translating between finance types and and technologists and marketers and uh, customer service people and everything else. But most importantly, it's about listening to the stakeholders, particularly the, the users, the customers. And that's the journey that led to Salvo. Yeah, well, let's get into that. So obviously getting into healthcare is a departure from the spaces you were in before. How did you guys all come together to create Salvo and what problem were you trying to solve? Yeah, my personal journey influenced coming together with my two partners. So I'll give you one minute of background. The thing that probably inspired it the most started about 15 years ago. My wife and I uh, were expecting our first child and we lost uh, what would have been our first son at 23 weeks into a pregnancy. And it was just the worst, most traumatic experience losing, losing a child before they're born. And as we went through it, we, we heard all kinds of things that just stuck with you through through this emotional experience. I remember asking the physicians, um, it was a clotting disorder that had caused the problems with the child, and why didn't they catch that at genetic testing more often? And the doctors said, well, you know, we don't even bother because the insurance companies won't pay for 
genetic testing for the parents until you've had three miscarriages. Oh my goodness. And I thought, wow, that doesn't seem cost effective, let alone cruel. But but I also remember asking our physician, please tell me, you know, at the time I was CEO of Foursquare, we used machine learning all the time to try to solve problems. And we had years of longitudinal data, machine learned, um, anonymous aggregated data, privacy safe data. And we were constantly using data scientists to mine to look for trends. And I said, please tell me that my wife's experience and mine and thousands of other parents goes into some really well-structured research database and doctors and data scientists are constantly helping each set of patients get better care because of the patients three months ago and six months ago and nine months ago and a year ago. And the doctors just shook their head and said, well, that's, that's not how healthcare works. And I said, wow, well, that sounds like something we should fix because healthcare is the most important industry in the world. And so I was thinking about that. And, and as I went back, I grew up the son of a doctor. My dad was trained at Mass General, Harvard Medical School, very outstanding doctor. His patients loved him, but very conventional. And my mom growing up in the 70s was interested before a lot of people in what you'd now think of as lifestyle and preventative medicine, things like getting sugars and processed foods out of your diet or you know, herbal supplements or exercise and mental wellness and, and things and how that could affect your health. And for my dad and, and a lot of the physicians I grew up around, you know, it didn't matter what you ate and exercise, you know, that wasn't that important. You could just take a pill. Um, and they were great doctors, but they were very conventional. And as an integrator and as a evidence-based, data-based kind of entrepreneur, I, I kept thinking, well, why can't you use science to reconcile and integrate the best of these two approaches rather than just dismiss them? <laughs> Especially because we live in a country where if you look at healthcare spending compared to the other 30 richest OECD countries, we spend about 19% of GDP on healthcare. The average is around 9%. So we're, we're spending about double, but we don't live longer. We don't have healthier stats than the other wealthy 30 countries. So something's broken. And how do we get at it? And the third thing that was personally moving for me is that when we finally had our twins, um, we brought the twins home. We discovered they would break out in rashes. And uh, we discovered that they were having reactions to some of the chemicals like formaldehyde in the diaper creams and in the breastfeeding pillow that the hospital gave us as we left as new parents. And, you know, it started my wife on a journey to research and meet some of the leading scientists and physicians um, and understanding how chemical and toxic exposures and, and diet and things can affect health. She launched a nonprofit called madesafe.org that's helps people find products that are free of known carcinogens and endocrine disrupting chemicals and other neurotoxins. It's harder than you think to find products like that that are free of those dangerous chemicals in the United States. And so in that process, I got to know a lot about functional medicine and meet some of the leading physicians in the country. Particularly one of our inspirations is the co-founder of the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine, Dr. Mark Hyman, who agreed to help us launch Salvo with a number of other renowned physicians, uh, Dr. Mark Pimentel, who leads the Pimentel Center at Cedars-Sinai in LA, uh, Dr. Megan Oser, who led cognitive behavioral therapy at Brigham Women's and uh, taught it at Harvard Medical School, Professor Emma Mayer, who's one of the world's microbiome and brain gut experts. They helped us launch this and we, we said, you know, today to get to one of these super doctors, 
it's a two-year waiting list and thousands of dollars. That doesn't help the average person. How do we make better medical care at lower cost available to lots of people? And gut health is kind of where functional physicians start. It's the root cause, not just of GI disorders like IBS or GERD, which Salvo Health focuses on initially, but a lot of other conditions are related. And so it seemed like the natural place to start. My co-founder, Avi Dorfman, who helped found a real estate company called Compass, is a GERD sufferer. And he also was passionate about how difficult it was to find a specialist. Um, there's only 15,400 board-certified gastroenterologists in the entire United States. Estimates say 60 million sufferers chronically. That's probably too low a number. And the reality is that most of those GI physicians are highly trained surgeons, and their business is focused around healthy people who need a colonoscopy, which is a really valuable, important service, but it leaves very little time left over for chronic gut sufferers. Um, and so this is a huge and underserved population, and there's no telehealth leading kind of virtual center of excellence, digital health clinic. And so we decided to found it. And that's Salvo Health. And how did you design it from a user perspective? How does all this work? So from the user experience, it's very important to be mindful and your your audience of you know physicians and healthcare experts and healthcare practitioners will be aware of this. Telehealth can do a lot, but telehealth is only appropriate in certain circumstances. So the first part of the user experience is kind of a long intake um, where we determine if your symptoms and your medical history are appropriate for telehealth care. And we triage out any any signs that someone needs to go immediately to an in-person GI physician for, say, a colonoscopy. I'm classically blood in the stool, unexpected weight loss, those kinds of contraindications will cause us to say, we need to get you to a local GI immediately. We are not the appropriate treatment until you've ruled out more serious things. And that's appropriate. But well over 70, uh, almost 80% of people are perfect candidates for telehealth. And our belief is that, you know, these chronic conditions like IBS, where you have Millions and millions of people who suffer for years from diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, bloating, inflammation, all, all these problems, they don't have an on-off switch. You can't just give someone an antibiotic. You know, These require what we think of as continuous intervention rather than you know, a doctor's visit. Here's a pamphlet. See you in six months. Um, that just doesn't work. And so here at the clinic, once you come in, you're assigned a physician that you work with over the months it takes to heal one of these chronic conditions. You're also assigned a care navigator and a health coach, and they are your team. And you can write them anytime, and they will respond, usually within a few hours or a day. And people are pretty reasonable. They don't expect you know, instant answers, but they are extremely grateful not to have to make an appointment three months from now because they're in pain today or the care plan's not working and they need to adjust something. We respond quickly. And so you you come through, you do an intake, we will order labs, whether it's stool tests at home or blood tests at Quest um, or anything that a local doctor's office would do, we'll look at those labs. But we'll also begin, you know, a lengthy intake and start you on one of 15 pieces of our program that takes, you know, at least 90 days to complete. We might get you started on an elimination diet with support from a program designed by a registered dietitian with help from a health coach and your doctor to figure out which foods are triggering you. We might um, start you on daily diaphragmatic breathing or other brain gut exercises. 
we might get you on a gut friendly microbiome friendly diet, putting lots of medical grade supplements like fiber supplements, or we might get you on a peppermint oil. We might have to escalate to something like rifaximin in the case of a SIBO diagnosis, which is a more advanced prescription medication. But it's a complete program, you know, diet, mind gut, mental health, stress, sleep, nutrition, movement, blood labs, all of those are, are part of what you work with the doctor on. And people aren't used to that kind of comprehensive program, but it's really effective. <laughs> We're getting rave reviews from members. And we asked our members daily through a gut check on their smartphone, because all of this is, is through our app, you know, how they're doing today. Did they have any one of these five symptoms for their diagnosis today? At what level? And then did they do the four things the doctor had asked them to do today? You know, it might be avoid dairy or take a supplement or a medication and a breathing exercise or something. And, and you know, almost 80% of them are, are answering these questions daily. So we're really starting to build that data set to understand what kinds of interventions work for different kinds of patients. And we don't have to wait for an appointment three months from now. If we see someone worsening, the team proactively will reach out and say, you know, let's adjust your, your care plan. So I think it's the, in many ways, the future of medicine. It's doctor-driven, it's human but because there's a an app and technology and a, a lower cost team around the highly trained physician, we can bring down the cost tremendously. How much of the communication between the members and your team are text versus uh, video versus other you know modalities? The communication now in the app is primarily through messaging as well as video programs from our doctors that are tailored daily over time that the members can access on their time through the app. So it's it's asynchronous, as they would say. Today, we are shortly rolling out synchronous visits, classic video doctor appointments as well, especially to kick off the process of meeting your team. But it's really nice to have both. What our members say is it's nice that even two weeks later, they can have a question or a concern, and they can just pick up from the thread. Like they don't have to re-describe to a new physician their whole medical history. They just can start from where they left off with a question about a treatment or a concern. So we think that the combination of a sync visit with mostly asynchronous content communication messaging will enable us to stretch each physician to serve more patients and actually higher quality kind of continuous intervention style. You've also trademarked an approach called whole self science. Tell us what that's all about. So whole self science is an approach that we designed in conjunction with leading physicians and psychologists and, and researchers. And it's really about a comprehensive approach and getting to the root cause with your diagnostics and using a wider set of treatments than simply a prescription medication alone or, or simply a, a surgery alone thinking about our food system, that it's not just the food you eat, but how it's made and how that could affect your gut microbiome, chemical exposures, the mind-gut connection. You know, one of the things that people don't know outside of the medical field is that 90% of the serotonin, you know, the brain's happiness and calm chemical is produced in the gut. So if your gut is disordered, you're not going to have enough serotonin to be happy or calm, no matter how much talk therapy you do. And it's just a neurochemical reality. And, you know, half of the patients that walk in our door with GI disorders are already on SSRIs. They're depressed. Um, and so there's a very tight link between mental health and the gut. And it's not just depression and anxiety causing gut issues, but it's a two-way interaction. 
And so we brought on amazing experts like Emre Mayer at UCLA and Mark Hyman and others who are guiding our, our protocols there. Uh, you know, it's essentially the belief that it's all connected. Your health is all connected. And our modern lives, how they interfere with healthy diets or lack of sleep or lack of movement, um, you know, affect our health as much as biochemical markers. So I think it's just a comprehensive, more holistic approach. You know, we really have a sick care system, not a healthcare system right now. And we'd like to get back to having a healthcare system. So I'm just curious about whether this is all unrolling the way you envisioned. I mean, you've got a lot going on here. Are you getting the kind of feedback from your patients that you're hoping for? And what kind of challenges are you facing? The good news is that in the few months we've been in beta, you know, with our first sets of patients, we're getting incredible engagement and feedback. So patients love it and they report at huge numbers that after years of, of struggling to find solutions that they're feeling better and most days normal for the first time in years. And that's exciting for us. They really love just even emotionally the access of knowing they have a, a dedicated team that's looking out for them that is there when they need them. That people say like my shoulders go down <laughs> or I can get an answer that I, there is a, a solution. I don't have to live like this forever. Um, you know, people can't go on dates. They spend hours in the bathroom. They, they can't go on a business trip. They can't go to their kid's recital. You know, their lives are full of anxiety and limitations that shouldn't have to be there most of the time. And so we're really excited about the outcomes. And as I said, almost 80% of people are taking their daily symptom trackers. So we'll be able to develop nuanced view of interventions, adherence, and outcomes with these data sets. I think the challenge is we're brand new and it's getting the word out to more people. And I think also it's a it's a kind of medicine that I believe is the future, not for acute conditions, but for these sort of lower acuity or medium acuity chronic conditions. And a lot of people have to be educated that these are not quick fix, one pill and you're done kinds of conditions to treat. You, you have to actually invest in your own health, be health forward and partner with scientists and doctors and nurses and dietitians and the like to find the right answer for you. And so, you know, educating people what, what this process looks like. Um, it's been challenging getting getting more people to know about it. But once people sign up, they're getting outcomes and they're loving, they're sort of telling us this is what it should be like to work with a doctor and team. It's just, it's kind of a specialist doctor in your pocket. Yeah. Big improvement over what they've been dealing with, as you've pointed out. So as you may know, Osmosis is a teaching company, and most of the audience for this podcast are med students, nursing students, allied health profession students, and early career practitioners. And I'm just wondering if there's a gap in knowledge, something you really wish that population knew about, and you would say to Osmosis, okay, make a video about that. What would it be? Well, I think what we're hearing from a lot of the physicians and nurse practitioners and LPNs and others is that you know, in medical school, they're not necessarily trained in areas like microbiome science. They're not necessarily trained in uh, behavioral health and um, nutrition and nutrition. I mean, they might have, a you know, a couple hours course on it, but, you know, these are really critical things. So as you go out and set up your practice or have a chance to have a voice in your hospital or your clinic, more places should have a team. If you aren't nutrition expert, then the doctor should be able to work with a dietitian or work with a health coach and work with gut-directed psychologists in these areas because it takes a comprehensive approach. If you if you take a probiotic 
but there's no prebiotic fiber for the probiotic to thrive on. And then you go have a Big Mac and a Coke, you know, the the antibiotics and the meat and the pesticides are just going to ruin whatever <laughs> probiotic pill you just took. You need a comprehensive approach. So I think more, more clinicians need to be trained in that, but I also think they should think about and it's hard, but they just think about where they want to work and what kinds of practices they want to work, how they want to work. One of our advisors is a renowned health coach named Chris Kresser, and he wrote a book called Unconventional Medicine, which is interesting. It's all about, as a practitioner, what kind of practice do you want to be part of? Do you want to be locked into you know, a hospital or a clinic at your desk uh, for 40 hours a week and doing very short appointments um, and a lot of pressures to order prescriptions or, or surgeries? Or do you want to be in a more patient-centric kind of setting and, and one that has more work-life balance, frankly, and flexibility to maybe take a trip and still uh, be responding to your patients during work hours and work remotely? So I think that those are things that your students might want to think about as they develop their careers. Yeah, and really that's one of the reasons we like doing this podcast because so much is changing in healthcare and digital health, a huge part of that. And we're hoping anyway the audience is listening to folks like you and trying to figure out where am I going to fit in in this future. And it's not just necessarily about being in a practice or on the floor of a hospital. So we appreciate folks like you painting that other picture for them. And it's it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks very much for being on with us. Thanks, Michael. I'm Michael Carice. Thanks for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to raise the line and strengthen the healthcare system. We're all in this together. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>